listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast, a ministry of Seven Rivers Church in Citrus County, Florida. Here at SRSM, we believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. Visit our website at sevenrivers.org backslash students. We're going to be um, continuing talking about evangelism, this idea of sharing our faith, this idea. And we've been building up to sort of this moment where it's like, okay, like, this is the why. Like, why, why do we evangelize? Why do we share our faith? Why should we? Um, it's, it's something in, it's important. It's vital um, to our lives. And uh, we talked about how Jesus came to earth. You know, uh, he, he became, we call it the incarnation, took on flesh, took on a body. Um, God, man, together, and, and, and he, uh, we encountered him, right? And we encountered him, and Nicodemus encountered him, um, and, 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 and he didn't understand. He didn't understand why Jesus was there. Um, and the question is, like, do you understand? Uh, do you understand? Do you know Jesus? Do you understand why he has come? Do you understand why, um, when we read John 4, John chapter 3, and, and dive into this text, uh, do you understand why this is being even spoken to you? So, I want you guys to think about a few things as, as we begin. What happens when a lamp is unplugged from the wall? Oh, yeah, hey, come on. What happens to our TV when it's unplugged from the outlet? This is, this, is not, this is not rocket science. What happens to your phone when it's unplugged from its charger? It stays alive for a little while, but then eventually what happens? It dies. Your lamp turns off. And what happens, it's useless, right? It's, it's, there's no point. Your TV turns off, it's useless, right? Unless, what makes it useful, right? What's making the TV, what makes the lamp useful is when it's connected to what? Electricity, power, a power source. And if it's not, then what happens? It dies, right? It turns off, it becomes useless. So the problem that you and I face is that we are unplugged, disconnected from the source of life. And eventually... Let's say we have a really good charge on our phone battery. We're at that 99% um, low power mode turned off, right? Low power, yeah. But eventually it'll run out if it doesn't connect to the source. Hey, can you want to stay seated? Okay, thanks. Um, as long as we're disconnected from... Okay, yes, sir. All right, thank you. Um, as long as we're disconnected, as long as we're disconnected from the source, um, we are lacking the power in order to have life, right? So in John chapter four, we have a story about Jesus and he encounters someone who is sinful. It's a woman who is sinful and she has been searching for a meaningful life, but she can't find it. She's been so- searching for the power source, but she can't find it. She's longed to be loved and to love others, but she hasn't found it. She's disconnected from the source of life. In her time, 
um, they didn't have wall chargers, right? They didn't have outlets. They didn't have electricity. So how is Jesus going to communicate this idea to her? He uses water and he uses food. If you don't drink water and if you don't eat food, you eventually what? Right. So Jesus says to her, you've come to a well to drink water, but I have water that will result in you never being thirsty again. So if you drink water, right, and if you drink food, what happens eventually? You become thirsty again and hungry again, right? It's like a phone being unplugged from the charger, right? If it's unplugged, it can last for a little while, but eventually it needs to be plugged back in, connected back in. So Jesus says something profound to her. She says, do you want something that will never, um, that will always satisfy you? Do you want something that if you drink of it, you'll never go thirsty again, you'll never go hungry again? Do you want this? And that's the question I'm asking you. Do you guys want this? And so I'm going to read John 4, 1 through 26. If you guys could stand, and if you have your Bibles, open it up. We're going to read God's word, and then we're going to sit down, okay? This is God's word spoken to you. So... Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was um, making and baptizing more disciples than John. He left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through this land called Samaria, which Jews hated Samaritans. Okay, they did not like them. Okay, this was like their enemies, not friends, not friendly, not kind to each other. Lots of um, prejudice, all that stuff. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. And there was a well made by Jacob. So Jesus, who was weary, he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. And it was about the sixth hour when a woman, which is midday, when a woman came from Samaria, came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For the disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan, for a drink? Jesus answered, Sorry, I'm having a hard time seeing the words. Jesus answered, if you know the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, me, and I would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is very deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water that I offer will never be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I'll give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So the woman said to him, sir, give me that water so that I will never be thirsty or have to come here to draw water again. And Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said to her, yes, you're right. You don't have a husband, but you have five husbands, and one of them is not yours. What have you said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. You know things. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, that hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that one day a Messiah will come. 
He is called the Christ. And when he comes, he's going to tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I am that Messiah. You can take a seat. Lots of words there, lots of things said, lots of things spoken. But listen, I want you guys to understand uh, and, and understand some of these main points, okay? So first is that Jesus is asking her a question. Do you know the question he's asking her? She, he's asking her, do you want eternal life? And that's what he's asking you tonight. Do you want eternal life? Do you want life that will never die? Do you want life that will never run out? That sounds like a really good deal, right? It sounds like fairy tale stuff to us, but let me tell you, it's true. And so the woman at the well was coming to the well for a drink of water because she was what? She was thirsty, right? She was going to the well in the middle of the day because she was an outcast in her community. Most people wouldn't go in the heat of the day. She was a sinner and a public sinner. She didn't just have one husband, but she had many husbands. Everyone knew about her sin in her community and she was ashamed of it. And the community was ashamed of her. So not only did everyone know about her sin, just think about it. What if everyone knew your sin? That would be absolutely devastating. But Jesus also knew, not because she told him, but because he's God. And he tells her that he knows this about her. And this amazes her, right? How does he know? He doesn't know me. He doesn't live in our community. How could he know this about me? But unlike her community, Jesus did not outcast her or push her away. But he does something unique and absolutely peculiar and strange to sinners. He invites her to get, a drink, to get him a drink. She invites her to drink with him. He invites her to have eternal life. The community would say, this is the one person that does not deserve eternal life. Out of all of our community, this is the one person that should not have eternal life. This is one person. And yet Jesus is offering it to her first. There's a professor, he was a, there's this man named Henry Nowen, he's a professor at Harvard. Do you guys know about Harvard? It's a very prestigious school, all right? You have to be very smart to go there. But also you have to be even more smarter to be, as I use bad English, to be able to teach there, okay? And he was a popular theologian, he authored many books, and he was a Catholic priest. But he decided, this is what's so fascinating, this, this brilliant man, this genius of the mind, he decided he was going to work with special needs adults who were at the end of their lives. At the end of his career, he could have done anything, but he chose to work with special need adults who were at the end of their lives. And he lived in this facility with them. He ate with them. He drank with them. And he invited them to know Jesus. And he knew them. And he was with them. What is a Harvard professor, a theologian, an author, a Catholic priest doing with old, dying, special need adults? What is Jesus doing with a sinful, outcasted, a shameful woman? What's he doing? What's this Harvard professor doing? What's he trying to do? He's trying to offer eternal life. Do you want eternal life? If you are here tonight and you want to know Jesus and you want this, then there's good news because you can have it. And the question that you might be thinking is like, well, how? How can I have this? And so in verse 25, the woman at the well speaks about this Messiah. Interesting word there. I don't, does anyone even have any idea what that word means? Anybody? It doesn't mean teacher, actually. It's a king. It's a savior. 
And so this Messiah um, that is, she's referring to is a promise that God had made to his people that one day he would send a king that was going to save them. And they thought that this king, that this Messiah, would save them from their enemies, their earthly enemies. But what does Jesus do? Something completely different than what they thought. He doesn't save them from their earthly enemies necessarily, but he saves them from the curse of sin and death. He was not there to conquer the enemies of Israel, but he was there um, to defeat the enemy that had cut God's children off, that had unplugged God's children from God, from the source of life. He was there to plug God's people, you and me, back into the wall outlet, right? He was there so that we would never be thirsty and hungry again. He was there so that we could maybe die with our earthly bodies, but he would capture our souls and give us new bodies and we would live forever. How does Jesus do this for them? How does he do this for us? How can we receive this eternal life? We see in this story in John 4 that the woman at the well receives this by letting Jesus forgive her. She actually doesn't really do anything but allow herself to receive the gift of Jesus. You can do this too. You can come to Jesus and you can confess your sins to him. Jesus knows your sins already and you can come to him and share with him the truth about who you are on the inside. No one in this room knows everything about you probably. But Jesus does. And you can come to him and share with him. Jesus says that if you come and confess your sins to him, that he promises to forgive you. And he forgives you by paying the price for your sin and death, which is what he does for you on the cross, so that you don't have to die. Yes, your body here on earth will eventually decay and fall apart, but in Jesus, your soul will live on, and he promises to make you a new body. Jesus unplugs himself from God by coming to earth so that you can be connected back to the source of life, which is God himself. So, Here's a story about a father and a son. They were both phenomenal scuba divers, like professional scuba divers. It's what they did for fun together. And so one day they were diving in an underwater cave in a blue spring. I don't know if you guys, they're all over Florida, but it's these they're magnificent springs. They, you can go down hundreds and hundreds of feet, and there's these little caverns and caves that you can um, explore. And people have no idea what's in those caves and caverns, but people go down there all the time and explore these caves and it's pitch black, it's dangerous, people um, die all the time. And, and, but they were professionals, they knew how to do this, but something when they went down went terribly wrong. They were deep into a cave exploring when, so, uh, when the son realized that his oxygen tank was leaking. That's not a good thing to happen underwater. He looked at how much oxygen he had left in the tank and he only had a few more minutes of oxygen. It was a slow leak. He wasn't paying attention. He didn't realize what was going on until it was too late. He looks to his father and looks to his dad and explains to him that this is not going to end well. I don't have a way out. I don't have enough oxygen. And that's when his father began to take off his oxygen tank. And he dismantled his oxygen tank. And he disconnected it from his mask and connected it to his son's mask. His father would pass away in that cave. Jesus is calling, right? Am I right? He's calling. 
Um, his, 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 his father would pass away in that cave, give up his life for his son so that his son could live. You see this idea of disconnecting and plugging back in, right? Jesus says in verse 14, whoever drinks of the water, his water, whoever receives his oxygen tank, he will give him, that I will give him will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That's in verse 14. That's in the Bible. If you confess your sins to Jesus, if you believe in him to be your savior and king of your life, then you have eternal life. And you will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You will overflow, and it's out of this well of water in Jesus that you'll be compelled. You can't help but want to share that with others. Jesus gives you a mission and a purpose. What does the woman, when she receives Jesus, do? If you look at verse 39, it says what she does. When she receives Jesus, the outcast, the sinner, the one who's unlovable, when she encounters this exchange of she's running out of oxygen, but Jesus gives her his oxygen, when she encounters being plugged back in to the Father, the source of life, you know what she does? In verse 39, it says that many Samaritans from that town, because of her, believed in him. Look at verse 39. And Jesus. Why? Because of her story, because of her testimony being brought from death to life in Christ. Because of what Jesus did in her life, Many people came to believe in Jesus and receive eternal life. If you believe in Jesus, don't you want a little bit? Don't you want to tell people about who he is, how he's impacted your life and what he's done for you? Don't you want your friends and family to know him and have eternal life with you? Do you want that? Then why don't you share with them what God has done in your life? your mom, dad, siblings, your friends, and maybe your enemies. Share with them what Jesus has done for you, how he has forgiven you. That might mean you have to share with them how you've sinned and say, look at me. I'm a sinner. But look at Jesus. He has rescued me. Isn't he great? Isn't he amazing? Isn't he so good? Go and tell everyone what he has done. Let's pray.